Surah An-Nur, ayah number 27. All you who have believed, do not enter houses other than your own houses until you ascertain welcome. Hatta tasta'nisu. وَتُسَلِّمُ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا And also greet their inhabitants. That is best for you. Perhaps you will be reminded. In these ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us the etiquette of going to somebody's house or going to somebody's private quarters. And what is the etiquette that do not enter without permission? What should you do? First of all, تَسْتَأْنِسُ And secondly, تُسَلِّمُ What's the first step? تَسْتَأْنِسُ And what is tasta'nisu? To gain, to seek uns. What is uns? Familiarity. Meaning the one inside is familiar with you. Because if you walk in, just like that, even though they know you, because they were not expecting you, what will happen if you walk in without permission? They will get frightened. They will get startled. So hatta tasta'nisu. And remember that the word tasta'nisu gives us two meanings, right? What's the first meaning? Seek permission. And what's the second meaning? Make yourself known, right? So depending on where a person is going, we went into this detail, meaning if a person is visiting somebody's house, then of course in that case, what is needed? Permission. But if somebody is going into somebody's room, like for example, office or bedroom, right? Then what is necessary? That one must familiarize themselves before entering, right? Now, notice the word tasta'nisu, Tastanisu, this is also applicable when you are planning to go to somebody's house. Meaning when you're thinking about going to somebody's house, think in your mind, ensure uns. Think in your mind that if you go to their house at this time, will they be okay with it? Or will they get scared? So for example, it's midnight and you feel like you know, going to your friend's house and talking to her. So at midnight, if you drive over to her house and ring the doorbell and knock on the door, even if you knock very nicely, huh? what will happen to the person inside? Is everything okay? Why are you here at this hour? Right? Or perhaps they're sleeping. Perhaps they're sleeping. Even if they're not sleeping, that is not a time when you go to visit somebody. Right? Likewise, if you know that somebody's got, you know, for instance, guests over, or for example, they are busy with something, they have their exams going on, or they have a lot of, you know, things going on in their life, does it really make sense to go and visit them at a time when they will be resting, or at a time when they will be working? Is that appropriate? No. So, hatta tasta'nisu. Make sure, ensure that there will be uns, meaning the person will be comfortable having you over. The person inside will feel comfortable letting you come in as a visitor. So, hatta tasta'nisu. And when you go, then what should you do? Tusallimu ala ahliha. Greet the people who are at the house. ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ فَإِن لَمْ تَجِدُوا فِيهَا أَحَدًا And if you do not find anyone therein, you go to somebody's house, you knock on the door, you try to get permission, but there's no answer, then what should you do? Do not enter the house. Until permission has been given to you. Meaning at any cost, do not enter somebody's house without permission. And if it is said to you, go back. Meaning right now we're busy. We cannot entertain you. If you're told to go, then what should you do? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Then go back. That is pure for you. And Allah is knowing of what you do. 
Now, with regards to these ayat, we discussed about the command of isti'dhan. Right? Isti'dhan, seeking permission before going to visit somebody. In a hadith, we learned that the sahaba, they asked the Prophet wasallam, O Messenger of Allah, we know about giving salam. Meaning, in the ayah, we have been told to sallimu. So we know that when we go to somebody's house, we should say salam. But what is isti'naf? Meaning, in the ayah, we are also told, hatta tasta'nisu. What does that mean? The Prophet ﷺ said, it is to say, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, Subhanallah. What does that mean? Meaning when you go to somebody's house, you're knocking on the door, don't hide somewhere, so that a person has no clue as to who's behind the door. Hmm? What should you do? Cough or say something, something by which the person inside will know that it's you. So in this hadith, what do we learn? Say Alhamdulillah. Why say Alhamdulillah? Meaning say some words so they hear your voice and they know it is you. You understand? You know like sometimes somebody rings the doorbell and you're not wearing your hijab, right? And your hijab is nowhere to be found near the door. It's all the way upstairs and you don't want to open the door and you don't want to go upstairs and get a hijab and then come back. So what do you want to know? Who's who's on the other side? If it's a woman, I'll just open the door. But if it's a man, then I'll go and get my hijab. Right? You know that hole in your door, what is it called? Okay, so a peephole? Okay. So you're looking through that, but somebody's got their finger on it. <laughs> How on earth are you supposed to figure out who are they? Right? How are you meant to figure that out? Or if they haven't put their finger on it, they're nowhere to be seen, neither on the right nor on the left. You're looking from the window, you can't find them. And then you think maybe they're gone, you go back and the doorbell rings again. There's no need to play such tricks. There's no need to play such tricks. Because these tricks, I mean, even though they're funny, and they make you laugh, but what happens to the other person? What happens to the one inside? They get scared, forget about scared, they get annoyed. I mean, I would get seriously annoyed if somebody comes, knocks on my door and then puts their finger on the people. Right? It's very annoying. I want to know who you are. Should I even open the door or not? Right? So the Prophet ﷺ, he guided us that we should familiarize ourselves, acquaint ourselves, make ourselves known when we go to somebody's house. Hmm? Now, we learned also that a person when he knocks on the door or when he rings the doorbell, what should he do? What's the etiquette? Where should he stand? Hmm? On A little bit to the side. So that when the door opens, his eyes, meaning his vision doesn't go straight inside the house. Right? Okay. What if a person is looking into somebody's house from a window? Is that okay? Why not? Okay, it's invading somebody's privacy. And what's the reason behind isti'dhan? What's the objective? To protect to preserve people's privacy, right? So if you're not physically going in, but your eyes are going in, that defeats the purpose of isti'dhan. Alright? Now on entering somebody's house, let's say, you knocked on the door, they allowed you inside, when you go in, is it correct to cast your glance on people's private possessions? Hmm? So for example, if let's say there's a door, alright, or there's a closet, or there is a curtain on a wall. Is it okay to, you know, move it aside and look what's behind it? Or open the drawer and look what is inside it? Or open the door and see what is inside? Is that okay? Why not? Again, what are we doing then? Invading somebody's privacy. 
Remember that a believer, his life is sacred. His wealth is sacred. Alright? And wealth includes what he owns. So a person's private possessions, if they're not willing to show them to us, we should not look at them without their permission. And this includes cell phones, it includes computers, it includes you know email, letters, notes, notebooks, everything. Whatever is their private possession, we have no right to open it. We have no right to look inside of it because that would also be committing a sin. Remember in a hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that مِنْ حُسْنِ الْإِسْلَامِ الْمَرْءِ تَرْكُهُ مَا لَا يَعْنِيهِ Of the beauty of a person's Islam is that he leaves everything that does not concern him. That does not concern him. So if what was inside the drawer was something of our concern, it wouldn't be inside the drawer. Where would it be? On top of the table. Right? But if somebody put it inside the drawer, what does it mean? It's none of our business. So don't open it. Don't look inside. If somebody's got their phone password protected, alright, then we have no right to try and unlock, and then, what is it? And then lock the phone because we failed at, at unlocking the phone. Right? So this is again invading somebody's privacy and it's basically indulging in things that are none of our business. Go ahead. Are you siblings and parents, uh, they read uh, like people's diaries and stuff. And that's yeah, sometimes, you know, private journals or diaries in which you've written your thoughts, your feelings. You know, sometimes if a person finds out that, okay, you journal, what is it that you journal? What is it that you write in that journal? Right? And then... Also, you know what it is? We've created this environment of secrecy. Right? My secret diary and my secret notebook and my, you know, just because we can put a password on something, we want to put a password. And then when we put a password, what happens? Everybody becomes curious. What is inside? What is in there? And this is also a result of mistrust within family members. Right? There should be respect for people's privacy. But at the same time, there should be no secrecy, right? But we also need to realize where the line is drawn, where we are invading into other people's privacy. All right. If a person is entering a house other than his house, does he need permission? Okay. What is the definition of your house? So for example, for a man, what is the definition of his house? The house where? His wife lives. Okay. But what if with his wife in the same house, his mother also lives? His mother also lives. Then in that situation, remember, that even though the house is his, right? even though he lives in that house, or he lives with his sisters, all right? still, what should he do before he enters? What should he do? He should either seek permission, depending on what time of the day or night it is, or he should familiarize himself. Right? Like for example, at one occasion, a man said to the Prophet ﷺ, O Messenger of Allah, shall I ask permission of my mother to enter? Meaning when I'm going to the house, do I need her permission before I enter? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. The man said, I live with her in the house. We share the same house. The Prophet ﷺ said, ask her permission. The man said, I am her servant. Meaning I also serve her. She needs my help. He said, ask her permission. أَتُحِبُّ أَن تَرَاهَا عُرْيَانَةً Do you want to see her while she is undressed? 
Meaning it's possible that you just walk in the house without familiarizing yourself, making yourself known, or seeking permission, and she's in the state of changing her clothes. Is that appropriate? It's not. The man said, no way. The Prophet ﷺ said, then ask her permission. Does the same rule apply on women? When you're going to, let's say, your friend's house, your sister's house, do you need to take permission before you go? Yes, you do. And what's the evidence of that? I gave you the evidence. Yes? Exactly. The friends of Aisha radiallahu anha, that when they would go to visit her, what would they do? Seek permission before coming in. And when she would allow them, then they would come. All right. Now, one more thing. When you go to visit somebody, and you meet them, you greet them, what's the etiquette of meeting someone? What do we learn in this ayah? What's the etiquette of meeting someone? To sallimu. Say the salam. All right. Now, saying the salam, does that include hugging the other person three times? Or five times? Or kissing them? An odd number of times? Is that included? Let's find out. In a hadith in a tirmidhi we learn that a man asked, O Messenger of Allah wasallam, when a person meets a brother or a friend, meaning when a man meets a brother, a brother in Islam or a friend, whoever, should he bow to him? Like bend before him? The Prophet wasallam said, no. The man asked, should he embrace him, meaning hug him or kiss him? The Messenger wasallam said, no. He asked, then should he shake his hand? The Prophet ﷺ said, yes. So what do we learn from this? Greeting verbally, that is a must. That is a must. Beyond that, if you shake hands, that is better. That is even better. It's good. Why? What's the benefit of shaking hands? Your sins fall, right? Okay. Beyond that, if you wish to hug someone, once, twice, thrice, is that okay? Is that something that should be done every single time? No. It shouldn't be done every time. But what if you're seeing somebody after like three weeks? Then what? Then sure, it depends, right? Depends on who they are, how close you are to them, right? So it's not that hugging the other person is forbidden. It's not forbidden. What is meant is that it is not necessary. We should not make our life difficult. Alright? You know sometimes when you go to a wedding party and then you see the poor bride, how many people she has to hug? And how many people have to kiss her? And then she's fixing her jewelry and her hairstyle and everything's getting messed up again and again. And the poor girl is exhausted by the end of the day. Exhausted. Right? Because she's had to bend so many times and you know, hug people so many times. Give her a break. Alright? So when we meet someone... What is sufficient insha'Allah? What is sufficient insha'Allah? Shaking hands. Alright? And obviously verbally greeting somebody is enough insha'Allah. Also one more thing, when a person goes to see somebody and they're leaving, before leaving also what is necessary? Seeking permission. So seek permission before going and seek permission before leaving. In a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا زَارَ أَحَدُكُمْ أَخَاهُ فَجَلَسَ عِنْدَهُ فَلَا يَقُومَنَّ حَتَّى يَسْتَأْذِنَهُ That when one of you visits his brother, and he sits with him, meaning he goes to his house, sits with him, then he should not get up and leave except after permission. Because otherwise it's rude. If you get up and leave in the middle without permission, 
And permission doesn't mean, may I go? Do you allow me to go now? Permission could also mean, okay, I'm going to get going now. Right? Inshallah, I'll see you soon. And sometimes you don't even have to communicate that verbally because what if it's a huge crowd? Right? So you can even do something like, Right? From far, you can even like, you know, wave. Alright? And just say, say something out with your mouth so that the other person understands that okay, you're leaving now. Right? Likewise, you know, when we're sitting in the class and if you have to go, don't just walk out because I don't know what's going on. Right? I don't know what's going on, why you're getting up, walking in the class, going to the back, coming back in. It's inappropriate that when people are sitting in a gathering, one person just gets up and leaves. So when you have to go, Just look at me. Okay? Look at me and you know, hold your bag or something so that I know that you really gotta go. Okay? And I don't feel like maybe you're upset with me or you got angry because of what I said or you disagree with me or you're getting extremely bored. You know, because think about it. If I'm teaching you and all of a sudden you just get up and go, what message does that give me? What message does that give me? Either you're not interested in class, right? or you disagree with me, or you don't care about the fact that I'm standing here teaching you, it's hurtful. It's very hurtful. So when you have to go, inshallah, I'll make sure that I look around at everybody even more. Just look at me in the eye. That's it. And hold your bag or something, so that I know that you have to go. Inshallah. Can we do that? Okay. And then sometimes I see somebody at the beginning of the class, and then I'm looking for them. Where did they go? What's going on? Where are they? And they're nowhere to be found. There's no sign of them. Right? And I mean, mashallah, there's some of you who, you know, who come and tell me before class that I will have to leave early today. And they inform me. And I think that that is very, very, mashallah, nice of them. Because then there's no misunderstanding. Right? Because think about it, if I also left in the middle, how would that be? Would that be fair to you? So then vice versa, right? Anyway, Let's continue. Now, in the following ayah, we are taught the etiquette of visiting a public place. What's the etiquette? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ لَيْسَ there is not عَلَيْكُمْ on you جُنَاحٌ any sin. There is absolutely no blame on you. You're not committing a sin. أَن تَدْخُلُوا بُيُوتًا That you enter buyut. Buyut is the plural of bait. What is bait? A house. So there's no harm on you if you enter a house. Which kind of a house? That is غَيْرَ maskuna. That is غَيْرَ not maskuna, one inhabited. Maskuna is from Sakana. Sakana is to live somewhere. So maskuna is that which is inhabited by people. A place where people live. So some places, they are, you can say, residential units. Right? People reside over there. And then there are some other places which are Public places. Alright? So for example, one is a house, and another is a masjid, a mall, an office building. It's a public place. So when you're going to a public place, a place that is غير maskuna, nobody lives there, it's not somebody's house, there's no harm if you go there. Meaning if you enter without permission. Alright? And obviously if you're going to a public place, there should be a good enough reason. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Fiha in it, meaning in that house, in that place, is mata'ul lakum. Some benefit for you. Meaning you've got some business there. 
you have a legit reason to go there. Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense that you just walk into Tim Hortons, alright, and you just sit there. You didn't use the bathroom, you didn't buy a coffee, you didn't get a water bottle, you're just sitting there. Alright? I mean, if you're sitting there for hours and hours, people would wonder, what's wrong with you? What are you doing over here? And especially when there are people standing, you know, looking for a place where they can sit. You understand? And certain restaurants like, you know, it is said that you can't just come in to use the bathroom. You can't bring in any outside food. Right? So, you've got to have a good enough reason to go there. فِيهَا مَتَاعٌ لَكُمْ And this teaches us that if you don't have any business somewhere, then don't go there. Because otherwise, people will be suspicious. They will be annoyed by your presence. Right? Like for example, if you go to a school, let's say an Islamic weekend school, like for example, Al-Huda. Alright? Now, either you're here because you have, you're going to attend class. Right? Or you're here because you have some work to do. And if it's neither, and a person is just sitting in the, let's say somewhere in the hallway, and talking, chatting, then what does that do? It creates a very casual atmosphere. I mean, people are leaving their homes on Saturday morning to come and study. We should have respect for that, right? It's not appropriate that we stand around in the hallways, sit around in the cafeteria, talking loudly on the phone, disturbing people who are working, disturbing people who are studying. This is something that does not befit a person who is focused in his life. Right? So, فِيهَا مَتَاعٌ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ And Allah knows مَا تُبْدُونَ That which you reveal وَمَا تَكْتُمُونَ And that which you conceal. Allah knows what you express and Allah knows what you keep in your heart. So fear Him. Because nothing of your affairs, nothing of your matters is hidden from Allah Azza wa Jal. So what do we learn from this? That when you go to a public place, you don't need to seek permission before entering. And if we start doing that, then what would happen to the person at the front desk? Would they be able to do any work? No way. So for example, imagine at the front desk, at the reception, there's a person sitting. And then on the door, you know, one person comes and knocks. May I come in? And she says, yeah, okay, for sure. You're a student here, right? Go in. And then 299 people also come in one by one. And each person knocks on the door. Is that fair to the person sitting at the reception? No way. So there's no need to seek permission. However, there should be a reason for us to go and visit such a place. All right. Now, from all of these verses, what do we understand? What lesson do we learn? The main thing, respect other people's privacy. And seek permission where permission needs to be sought. Respect the rules that have been set. You know the Prophet ﷺ, when he went for Mi'raj, when he was going up in the skies, with Angel Jibreel. Remember what happened? The first sky when they reached there, Jibreel knocked on the door. And the gatekeeper asked, Who is it? And Jibreel said, It's Jibreel. Who is with you? It is Muhammad wasallam. Has he been sent for? Yes, he has been sent for. Okay, then the door is opened. And this happened how many times? For each sky this happened. If Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Jibreel are following this etiquette, seeking permission before entering, then what about us? Who are we? Who are we? If a door is closed, 
it says no entry. If it says that only authorized personnel or whoever may go beyond this door, then who are we to just open the door and barge in? And if we're told to go, then we get offended. If Angel Jibreel, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, are observing the etiquette of isti'dhan, then the same goes for us. We must also observe the etiquette of isti'dhan. And you notice something? That these ayat begin with which address? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu O you who have believed. And what does it mean? That the command that is being given, you better observe it. Because this is a requirement of your iman. This is something that your iman demands. If you don't observe it, then what does it mean? There is deficiency in your faith. So the more a person observe isti'dhan, the greater his iman will be. And the less a person observes isti'dhan, then the weaker his iman will be. Let's listen to the recitation of the last ayah. لَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ أَن تَدْخُلُوا بُيُوتًا غَيْرَ مَسْكُونَةٍ فِيهَا مَتَاعٌ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا تُبْدُونَ وَمَا تَكْتُمُونَ Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so the question is that if it's somebody's bedroom, right, and you knock on the door and they're not inside, but you need to do something in, is it okay for you to go in or do you need their permission before you go in? It depends on who you are and how they're related to you. Alright? So for example, if it's your sister, she's single, alright? She lives in the same house as you, just in a different room. You have her laundry basket, alright? And you want to put it in her room. You knock on the door, it's night time, okay? She's not there, the door is closed and you realize, oh, she's away, she's not home. Alright? Then what can you do? You can open the door and put the laundry basket in. But again, respect her other possessions. Now don't take it as your ultimate chance to go through her closet and see what stuff she's got in her drawers and you know what's in her bookshelf and what's on her computer. No, don't do that. Alright? If on the other hand, if it's a married person, let's say it's your brother's room and your brother is married. He's living in the same house as you. And the couple is out, you know, for a dinner. And you have... Let's say there's stuff that you want to put in the room. Okay? Now again, it depends what time of the day it is or what time of the evening it is. Do they mind when you go in their room? Or are they cool with it? Because you see, depending on your relationship, depending on the situation that you're in, a person might be comfortable having you go in their room. Another person might not be comfortable. So always think, would they be okay if I put their laundry in their room? Would they be okay if I took something from their room? If you feel like they might not be 100% cool with it, then don't go. Don't go. And if you feel like there's absolutely no problem, then go ahead and put what you have to put or take what you have to take as long as they're okay with it. Go ahead. Of course, when the room is shared, then that's a different situation. Right? You share your room with your sister. Um, if she has closed the door and you are outside, then don't just walk in. Hey, this is my room as well. You know, she's changing. Possible, right? So before you enter, hey, is everything okay? And then just walk in, unless she stops you. Okay?
Yes, go ahead. Okay. The question is, are parents allowed to go through their kids' stuff? Mothers, what do you think? What do you do? Not think, what do you do? Okay. Yes. Technically speaking, in a hadith we learn that anta wamaluka li abika, that you and your wealth belongs to your father. This doesn't mean that parents own children and they can sell them whatever, no. It means that they have authority over their children. Alright? And children should cannot hide stuff from their parents. Because parents are responsible. So if a parent feels the need to go through their child's bag, and their child is sleeping, now they don't have to wait until the morning, Beta, can I open your agenda and see what your teacher wrote? No, it's understood that you, as a parent, you have to go through your kid's agenda, you have to go through your, your child's bag, right? But remember that, like the sister mentioned, that have such an open relationship with your children that there's no need to hide stuff. There's no need to hide stuff. And don't do things behind your kid's back. Because when you will do things behind your kid's back, what will they do? They will do the same. I remember when I was growing up, my parents, if they had to go through anything of mine, they would do it in front of me. In front of me. Like for example, my school bag. You know, once your bag is full of books and notebooks and papers and God knows what garbage. My mother, she would regularly check my bag, what's inside the bag, because sometimes you've got stuff in your bag and you don't even realize there's a rotten sandwich at the bottom of your bag, right? So who's going to take that out? You're never going to do it, your mother's going to do it. I mean, she would, as I'm studying, doing my work, she would empty out the whole bag in front of me as she's helping me with my homework. And there's no secret between me and my mom. There's no secret between you know, parents and children. If you want to ask something from your children, ask them. Don't do it behind their back. But of course, as they grow older, as they grow older, you should respect their privacy. You should respect that. Because if you're invading their privacy, what lesson are you giving them? That through force, through your power, go and invade other people's privacy. You're sending them a wrong message. So if you want to go through your kid's phone, if you want to go through your kid's email, ask them. Ask them to open it. Sometimes they will share, and sometimes they do not want to share. Have such an open relationship that they don't mind sharing their password with you. Like I remember this one lady telling me that she knows her daughter's email password, her Facebook password, everything she knows. And there's such a you know relationship of trust between the two that the mother is not always checking her email. Okay, who is she emailing and who is she texting and, and who is she friends with on Facebook? I mean, what's going on here? No, the mother is not constantly stalking her and the daughter is not hiding from her mother either. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean the thing is that when children are young, unfortunately we ignore them. We ignore them, we don't set any rules. 
And then what happens as they grow older? All of a sudden you realize, oh my God, she's almost 18 and she's talking about going away to college and she's talking about moving away and she's talking about marriage and you feel like you're losing control. And then all of a sudden you want access to her phone and you want access to her email. She's never going to give it to you. You've ignored her, her whole uh, childhood, never given importance to what she feels and what she wants to say. She's always been forced. She's not going to trust you. So it's very important that we communicate with our children from a very young age so that as they grow older, they don't need to hide from us. And many times children want to hide from their parents when they're afraid. When they're afraid that what I'm going to say is not going to be welcomed. You know, for example, a child, they pick up on some funny word, right? And they say it and you're like, Astaghfirullah, wash your tongue, dirty tongue. And next time, the child is never going to say that in front of you. Who is he going to say that word in front of? His friends and everybody's going to giggle, giggle. Right? Go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. When you will share with them, when you will consult them, when you will trust them, they will also share with you, consult you, trust you, seek your permission. It's a two-way street. You know, it's got to come from both ways. So where parents need to be more respectful of their children, children also need to be, inshallah, trusting of their parents. Okay? Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.